Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Figara. What's going on, everybody? We have a nice, chill conversation to start out this podcast, despite some audio difficulties that you might notice uh, a little bit earlier on in the episode. Uh, Nick, unfortunately, had some Bluetooth wireless headphones that were having a couple of problems, and we had to uh, cut out quite a bit of time as he figured that out. Uh, I just mentioned, though, we have Nick Gray, the editor-in-chief of Fandroid, on, and I get the irony of having him on to talk about all of Apple's announcements from earlier in the week. That said, Nick did watch the announcements and he had plenty of thoughts on both the iPad Air and the new Apple Watches. Uh, the Apple Watch Series 6 in particular, but also the Apple Watch SE, which he did convince me to actually go pick up after this show was recorded. Uh, so you can look forward to some content on that. I'll give some thoughts on it probably on next week's episode. After that, however, we do finally get into one of the bigger announcements in terms of smartphones, and that is the LG Wing. And I gotta say, we're pretty excited for it. We give some thoughts on the form factor as the LG Wing slowly makes it into the hands of more and more people across the interwebs and on YouTube, uh, and we are really eagerly awaiting our turn to check out this really interesting swivel phone. So with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into it with the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast, episode 429, recorded on September 18th, 2020. Enjoy. One of the more one of the more upsetting things that can happen uh, when you wake up after a really late night of working on videos or of just working in general is to find that you don't have any more coffee beans. So this is uh, this is should have gone coffee. with tea. I should have gone with tea. This is instant coffee. <laughs> I'm on my last bag of loose leaf tea, and I think I only have enough for a couple more servings. So we just placed a seventy-five dollar order for new tea. Because how much that I like? Only, how like do you get like big bulk bags? I've uh, never spent that much on tea. <laughs> you well, I mean, I for those who know, I like the good stuff, and usually Same. it's. But like, I got a couple fifteen dollar bags. I think it was like six different, five or six different fifteen dollar bags. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you did from, buy in bulk, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because well, like, like one good bag of a high quality white tea would be like at the most 20 bucks usually. And that will last me at least the next month or two. You know, cause... Well, I mean, I only order like once or twice a year. Oh, fair enough. So I'm, we order from a uh, tea place in Chinatown in San Francisco that we've been to multiple times uh, called Vital, Vital Tea mm-hmm. or Vital Leaf. I can't remember. Uh, Rachel knows she has (laughs) she places the order anytime I'm running low she's like do you need more tea I'm like yeah I'm gonna need it especially because I've been drinking every day now yeah I'm uh, I need to get I need to get on that because I have a mixture of caffeinated decaffeinated so yeah just gotta gotta be on top of all of that but right now was up late finishing up a couple of last videos or uh, rather one of two last videos on the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 um, weird pronunciation of that phone. Anyway, the, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about this phone makes me, makes you think. And that's something that I've been sort of embracing in my time with it. I did the pocket now review already. And, uh, it looks like some people are like, yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's one of those things where you get caught up in the fun of the phone and then you realize you pay two grand for it. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, okay. Um, but there are some people out there who are saying, that and this is the only these these are really the only notes that I want to give on the Z Fold 2 in general. There are a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter saying that 
people bellyaching over the price don't understand that this is the price of innovation or this is the price of something unique. And I'm like, that's totally fine. Like, we're not at a point where a foldable like this is lower than $2,000. I get it. That's perfectly fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The question I was asking is not, is this worth the price? The question I was asking was, does this do more than that? Mm -hmm. And what you realize is you're paying $2,000 for a big smartphone, for a tablet in your pocket. If it doesn't do more than just that, I don't think I would pay $2,000 for it. And I think ultimately I came to that conclusion. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it comes down to is the price of entry worth what you get back on a daily basis? And I don't think, granted, I have not used it yet. I did use last year's model, but the functionality from last year's model to this year's model is pretty much the same. And the benefit that you get with this larger screen really doesn't justify the price point. I mean, as you said, it turns into a tablet. I have plenty of tablets sitting around the house that <laughs> rarely get used because mainly they're heavier devices. And sometimes a tablet is uncomfortable to use for long periods of time just because it weighs a lot more. And carrying a phone around that weighs as much as a small tablet doesn't sound appealing to me and probably wouldn't to a lot of people. That being said, large screen devices are extremely popular these days. We have smartphones yeah. that are 6.8, 6.9. I don't think we've seen one this year with a seven inch display because technically mm -hmm. that would make it a tablet, right? That was the first yeah. size of most tablets. Um, this is seven but, and a half. I still, it still blows my mind that <clears throat> a six, a 7.6 inch tablet fits in my pocket. Like I get like that. I'm, I'm there. I'm with all of you enthusiasts, but I guess my point is not whether the phone justifies the price point. It's whether or not your priorities line up with that. <clears throat> and I don't think my priorities have ever lined up <laughs> with a huge screen device. I don't think it ever has because it's just not my jam. Like I'm not, I have complained on many occasions that certain phones are just too big and I want good quality of life. That's the reason why the Pixel 4a is my go-to. That's why I'll never buy an iPhone with the word Max in it. <laughs> I just can't. So my question to you then is what would make it reasonable would what would the price have to be in order for you to make that purchase or what additional features would the phone or functionality would the phone have to have in order for you to make it worth it at that price point that it currently is it needs better i think there, there are two things number one as far if you're going to ask me what price I, anything lower than 2000 i think would be <clears throat> would be my first um my first answer to that like two two grand i mean i just put down money for a new camera um, and that was $2,000. And to me, that's a priority that's in my life is good image quality, a good camera. So that's how I prioritize what I want. Uh, would I pay that much for a phone when there are so many other phones, even if this phone is unique? Probably not. See, that's, that's what I'm saying is my priorities are different. However, Samsung needs to go all in on the accessories and the tools and the extras that go along with this big screen. Forget the fact that the screen is still not like a, a like a like a perfect slab of glass. There's still a crease. There's still maybe some uh, design aspects that might not stand the test of time. You never know. Like this seems like a sturdy device, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like we've made it to that like futuristic perfect mm -hmm. foldable yet. 
and that creases a lot of people's way of showing that. That's fine. I, I totally get that. That's fine. But a screen like that that takes an S Pen, that would be awesome. I would use that as a daily notebook. Um, uh, maybe some sort of case that comes in the in the box that perhaps uses it as a kickstand so that I'm not using flex mode to only use half of the screen to view my content. That would be cool too. Like I even added the, this This is a Moft A right here, but this is basically like a competitor to a pop socket. I put one of these on the Z Fold 2 when I had it and stood up the full display and that was how I enjoyed YouTube and Netflix and Disney Plus and all that stuff. And that was awesome. So treating the tablet like a media product like a tv like a tiny tv in my pocket was great but it required me to put in the effort to make that the experience so samsung i think needs to go all in on all of that because the multitasking stuff that's already proven you can multitask on any smartphone and you can do it mm -hmm. one more time over in the z fold 2 uh with three apps okay fine that's cool but beyond that the productivity stuff i still don't think this is a productivity device like I, I'm kind of sick of people blowing up the size of an app and calling that productivity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, larger does not mean bigger, or larger does mean bigger. Larger does not mean better. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's where we get into the confusion a lot of times, you know, even with specifications of a device. People always look, oh, it has a 108 megapixel camera sensor. Mm -hmm. And like, have you compared it to the 12 megapixel camera sensor on the Pixel device? Because it's not even close. Um, yeah, I mean, I, people get caught up in the hype and, you know, definitely so. I mean, we add to it. We talk about the new devices that come out. We um, praise them for the innovations that they introduce. But when it comes down to it at the end of the day is, does the technology that was introduced actually make your life easier does it make it different definitely yes but does it make it easier does it make allow you to get more work done um and that's where a lot of times people talk about productivity and getting work done and i'm like have you actually done a test of smartphone a versus smartphone b here's 20 tasks go do them see who gets them done quicker yeah, like it might be more a little bit more enjoyable to do it on, on a larger screen on a device that might open up. But that doesn't mean you're actually going to get that work done quicker than you would on a regular device. Yeah, it's 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 probably the most entertaining phone that I've used so far. Oh, yeah, but, I can imagine. Yeah. And showing it off to people, you're like, hey, here's my phone. Yeah, show, it showing it off, showing it off only to the people who happen to be around to, me to be in your house. still quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> So like when my brother and his uh, when my brother and his fiance came over for that one weekend and I showed them he was like whoa that thing's crazy, but what's funny is when you have um, what's funny is when you have family members who watch your content you can't surprise them. No, you can't be like hey look at this and they're like yeah I saw a video right. <laughs> yeah, but seeing it on video and seeing it in person is something completely different. That's true. That's true. I'll you know you, you like see see a photo of a Maserati or a Ferrari. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you see one on the street. You're like, oh, I got to get a picture of this. Yeah. Like, you know, you want to walk around the vehicle and test it out for yourself. I mean, sitting sitting in the driver's seat of a sports car is an exhilarating experience, even if you don't even turn the engine on. So oh, you're 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 tapping into the the enthusiast in me. Uh, not even on cars, but you're you're tapping into like what I feel like a lot of people watch our videos for, which is yeah, that vicarious living. Mm -hmm. Because I have done nothing but watch like like 
been watching a lot of Panasonic S5 content. I really want that camera by now. I'm so into like I'm so into it at this point because I uh, okay. So I, I front loaded the show with a little bit of tech talk because I did just put out the Z Fold 2 review and hopefully everybody is watching it. But we still got to do our check in. I'm gonna check in with Nick and it's been a couple of weeks since I seen him. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> Nick knows I've been ranting a little bit. I am currently just on for my channel JV. I'm doing a couple of like oddball reviews, things that you might not expect me to do, but I just said yes to them because I mean, of course, uh, PR from Sony asked me, do you want to review this lens, a lens for the a seven line for the a line? It's the 12 to 24 F 2.8. It's like the vloggers dream lens, despite the fact that it's a humongous lens. But I, I told them, yeah, I would love to check out that lens. Cause I thought it was so cool when I saw the announcement, but I don't own a Sony camera. And they're like, no, it's okay. Like, we'll just lend you one to be able Don't to worry, use we'll with send you it. a camera too. Yeah, exactly. Like, so they use they they outsource to like a like a rental service. That's how they do it. Um, so they send me that, and then I told them, can you give me like a regular lens though? Like, because if I'm gonna work with this to learn how to use an alpha camera, I think I think I need a more conventional lens. They send me the 24 to 70 f 2.8, which is also a G Master lens, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so they sent me like the craziest. Lenses well, you they're could not, ask for. They're not going to send you the kit lens because that's I, a I requested the kit lens. <laughs> that's a hundred and fifty dollar lens, and <laughs> I, I have it right here. Let me, let me. I can reach. I mean, it's it's decent. This is what I shot on for about a year. Yeah. But, I mean, twenty, but it's twenty eight to seventy instead of the twenty four, and it's at three five at well, the start and goes to five six and so but I, I i have the sigma version of the g master that they sent you and mm. the sigma version smaller than the g master and that's that's what i'm using right now it's still a massive massive lens yeah exactly that's i was about to say that's unheard of usually sigmas are like wine bottles like they're, <laughs> they're super no th this one's just slightly smaller slightly Slightly lighter, uh, but a thousand dollars less. Yes, I'm, I'm contemplating I, it for my. It's a thousand dollar lens versus a two thousand dollar lens. Exactly. Yeah, I'm contemplate. I was contemplating that lens for the Panasonic that I ordered, mm -hmm. um, because the other reason why I jumped on this opportunity to try out an A7 III. They didn't send me like the A7S III. So any camera enthusiasts out there, no, they didn't. They 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 would not do that. That's way too much ask. Um, but they sent me an A7 III, and I started using it. And coming from a Micro Four Thirds system that I've been using my entire career, I understand the benefits of full frame. I always have. I love Micro Four Thirds because of its portability and its travel-friendly sizes. Uh, but I will say, once I looked back on the footage, <laughs> it was like, it is, wow. It's like night and day, right? <laughs> a little bit. But this is the thing. I Because of the differences between Micro Four Thirds and full frame, that's why I didn't mind having the kit lens because when you do the math, or rather when you look at the footage back, oh yeah, the the kit lens is just as good as one of you know Panasonic's eight hundred dollar lenses. Exactly, because yeah. you the the aperture range mm -hmm. for a full frame lens can be cut in half to get the same results. Yeah. So whereas I would need to use an f uh, what what'd you say three point five, whereas I would need to use a f one point eight. Mm-hmm to get the same results on a micro four thirds camera as the 3.5 of your kit lens like that yep. blows my mind well and that's that's why i stuck <laughs> with the kit lens for about a year 
because I was on a Panasonic GH4 with the F1.8 24 to what was it 24 to 35 um which is a great lens for the gh4 and the gh5 as well but essentially it matched what i was getting with the kit lens and i was like ah, it looks about the same so i'm good to go <laughs> well i'm going to be doing content on like moving into a new camera system because like i said when i say that i have been a panasonic slash micro four thirds shooter my entire career i mean it like i've never not used one of these cameras and i still adore them that's why i will be keeping my olympus because it's still got the autofocus that i want it's still a good travel camera i'm able to do my work with it but everything else that is micro four thirds in my life will be sold to justify my move to full frame Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a revelation and the, you, you're right. It's, it's one of those vicarious living things. People will watch videos on things like a Z fold two yet never own it, never buy it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like we, you can watch, you go to YouTube and see which videos have the most highest, what videos have the highest views. And you'll see a lot of these foldables get a lot of views. You'll see a lot of interest from people. But that never translates into sales. Samsung sold 7 million Galaxy Folds. It doesn't. I mean, while we are trying to say for a lot of people that we are delivering information in our videos for people who are interested in buying as to whether or not they should or should not buy, the majority of people are sitting there watching it for a purely entertainment aspect. Yes. They simply want to see it. They want to know what our opinions are about it. I mean, they will use those opinions in their future purchasing decisions, but not necessarily to buy that device. They are simply looking to see, hey, is this interesting? Nah, it's like, yeah, if I had $2,000 and I didn't have a house to pay for, groceries to buy, kids to feed, and all the other things that come along with life, I would probably buy that, but most people aren't in that situation. I mean, a $2,000 smartphone, I mean, if you asked us three years ago, a $2,000 smartphone, oh man, there was nothing on the market. And before that, the only devices within that price segment were Virtue phones, which were mm -hmm. unique custom-built phones with gold inlays and a 24-hour concierge service that they could get you a private jet. That's what you would be getting with a $2,000 phone. Today, yeah. not so much, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the whole market's shifted and I'm glad to see that the technology is there taking things to a new level because smartphones have been pretty repetitive for the past, I don't know, five years now since we've done completely away with QWERTY keyboards and other form factors. We simply have the slab. So it's nice to see these other innovations. And, you know, I think you mentioned we're going to be talking about it. LG's come out with a different form factor. I'm not sure if this really solves the issue of what the fold is trying to solve or what the pain points are with a standard um, slap device, but I love the idea of innovation so that we can test out the different things that work or may not work so that we can get to the next level. Because if we keep iterating on the same exact thing over and over and over again, it's going to be the story of this is what the iPhone looked like on day one. This is what the iPhone looked like on 10 generations later, and you can barely tell the difference besides the increase in screen size and the fact that they did away with the home button. Yeah, I agree. And I think we will talk a little bit about everything you just said. We need said. more than that. 
Yeah, we will talk about everything that you just said, and it's 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 true. Um, I think one of these days I will do uh, I will do a show about this thought that I had the other day. Like as I was packing up the Z Fold Two and getting ready to to let it go. Oh, did your audio out? It's going in and out. So oh, okay. <laughs> I might switch my audio. Connected. Okay. Okay. Now I need to switch over my audio source in here. I love how you put the earbud in. It's upside, upside down. down. Well, yeah. my other one's still in, so I had to. St- <laughs> so I can still hear you. That is a okay. move I've never seen before. <laughs> You've never seen that? No. <laughs> put it in the wrong ear. Well, the other one wasn't working, so. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I this that right there is the very reason why I I still have not moved the show to Facebook Live or any of the lives because it That's has to. What makes the shows fun, though? I agree, but at the same time, it's like if something goes wrong, though. Like, and I'm talking wrong. Like, if like let's say your power went out or my power went out or something like that, like it would completely destroy the show. You know, like it's like all right, guys. Well, we'll just have to do because this is the thing. If the live is messed up, we don't have an audio file, and I need to put that file up as a regular podcast. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of moving parts to this, which is why I'm still hesitating to move it to 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 live stuff. Well, um, I mean, you would still do the live and still record locally. So, I mean, that wouldn't change, right? Yes, but like I said, if someone's connection went bad and they couldn't hear me anymore, or, you know, like, because it's, it's a lot of strain on things. And to be honest, well, then would... you need a battery backup, man. Where's your battery <laughs> I need a generator. I need my RV. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, 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 have a, I have a solar lithium ion generator that could charge my laptop 120 times. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, like the, the the format that I want to have is I do want like as much as I love alternating among the the, the go to uh, guests that I have, which is usually UTK. Um, the thing that I want to do is I want the regular show to just be me and Jaime um, on the lives. I mean, on the lives, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, I haven't really bothered Jaime after actually both Jaime and myself have been going through a lot of stuff the last few weeks. So I haven't really wanted to like bother him too much because he's always he works way harder than most people I know. So I don't want to add to his plate. And on top of that, he's still in South America. So of course, um, his internet connection might not. His be... internet's not the best. I yeah. miss Jaime. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't seen him since what? Late February. Yeah. Was it was it Sat- unpacked? No, it was right after unpacked. It was a TCL event in New York. Uh, the one I didn't go to. <laughs> like literally the week before New York got hit hard. I see. But yeah. yeah. Well, in uh, since we're since we're getting back into it after the unfortunate audio mishap, I just I, I haven't had a chance to ask you like how have you been the last couple of weeks? Things have been going good. I mean, work, work, work. I've been mm-hmm. uh, well. You all... you say that, but when when we first started the call, you were playing games on your Kishi. <laughs> that. That is work, man. <laughs> I, I'm finishing up my review of the Poco X3 NFC, which this is going to be a great review. Great device. Um, you've played with it, and you mm-hmm. know how good of a phone this is, especially for the price point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I, I think my my uh, overall take on the review is going to be the best budget gaming smartphone money can buy. Yeah. And for 200 euro, you can't go wrong with this device. I was playing uh, Grid, 
which is a racing game. For those who don't know, it's one of the most graphic intensive racing games. It's more of a racing simulator than, you know, asphalt or any of those other uh, just fun, you know, racing, racing titles. And pairing it with the Razer Kishi for the complete experience is a definite must. Uh, especially with that game because the controls are so hard and mm-hmm. trying to oh, you you, you drive to, manual don't you well i drive manual but steering usually steering on that game is the accelerometer uh-huh and trying to do a racing simulator on a real track with an accelerometer like you're turning the phone like this and turning it like asphalt is fine doing that but doing that on a game where you actually do have to steer it's not going to do anything for you. Oh, yeah. Having the controller makes it a lot better. And having the you know the trigger buttons for your acceleration and braking is a lot better. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great device. So I've been playing with that, doing some camera comparisons. Uh, honestly, really impressed with the camera. And then just doing work around the house. We're, we're doing overseeding for the lawn. Um, uh, my wife just sent me a picture of what the lawn... Because we just moved into our house about a year and three months ago and taking a look at the front yard a year ago versus what it is today it's already a huge improvement and uh, just overseeded so by next spring or next summer it's going to look so much nicer but uh you know the joys of owning a house you just spend a lot of time outside mowing the lawn and uh taking care of that kind of stuff yeah well the yeah the Okay, I wanted to be sure. I thought I saw that my audio wasn't working. Um, the yeah, the 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 Poco is I don't know anything from Poco Xiaomi. There's always something to talk about, and there's always like a mm-hmm. there's always an angle to it, which I mean it's great. And um, I do have to get on top of that particular device. I'm just trying to get through a queue because last week. I basically could not work. <laughs> so um, we have... Yeah, you've been dealing with fires. Basically. And I, let me tell you something. It's like I said in my Z Fold 2 real-world camera test that I that I just put out recently. I was on my front porch here at my family home and I was enjoying the fact that I could see the sky. Like... I would not wish it upon my worst enemy to take away some of the fundamentals of life. Like you look up at the sun and you don't get to feel the sun. That's how smoky it was. You just see this Mm -hmm. red circle floating in the sky. And there were a few pictures and a few videos in, in in my video that I just put out that showed just how smoky the area was. Now, the thing I have to mention just as an update to everybody is, um, we're still un- we are actually still under evacuation warning, but my city's government um, officials they have put out updates every like twelve to fourteen hours with this line that says possibility or potential of evacuation. And for the last number of days, it has been very unlikely. Not just unlikely, very unlikely. So I've been taking that into account and and finally got back to work, set up stuff. But if that evacuation order comes in, I'm pulling every cable out of uh, from the back of this desktop and running out of the door. <laughs> so run, run like the wind. Yeah. And it's 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 been interesting because the other reason why work has been tough, not just because the fire was close by, is because it's created the air quality that we've never had mm-hmm. before like california all down in here in california all the way up to the canadian coast yeah the air quality is so bad here um so i haven't been able to go to my usual like locations for things like camera tests and whatnot so i got i gotta get on top of all of that 
places are opening up again. They still tell you, mm-hmm. try to wear something to mitigate the bad air quality. But yeah, I'm only going to be there probably max an hour because it's not it's not the business right now. Like it's it's pretty bad out. Yeah, I, I remember a couple of years ago when we were traveling, living in our RV and we were um, stay, camping outside about an hour outside of Yellowstone National Park. And we had uh, rerouted our travel plans because we were supposed to go to Glacier uh, National Park and there were fires. And so we didn't do that. And so we rerouted a little bit. And we were camping in the area for three or four days and it was beautiful. There was a lake, there was mountains, and it was absolutely gorgeous in this in the state park that we were staying in. But to your point of looking up at the sky and not being able to, you know, f- truly see the sun, it wasn't ever that bad, but there was always just this haze. And one morning we woke up and we went outside and it had completely cleared up. And we had been in the area for like three or four days seeing the same exact scenery. And I was like, oh my gosh, they just turned on 4K for the outside. (laughs) I can see the world. And it was like, literally, I could see the things before, but there was just this haze and you couldn't truly appreciate it. But it's like those demos that you see at CES where the screen goes from, you know, one resolution to another or they're adding HDR and like, now you can truly see it. Um, and you don't know what you're missing until you see it the next time. Yeah. Like the next time that the clouds or the smoke and the haze really, really clears up for you, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous here. I can't believe I've been missing this this entire time. Yeah, totally. And uh, underrated is good air quality also. Yeah. We take it for granted. And now I'm like, I'm putting air purifiers in all these places, even though every air purifier I've been looking for has been sold out. I'm still waiting on. Okay, this is this is how you know that air purifiers are hard to get right now. I had to settle. I'm using the word settle. I had to settle for a Dyson, and by that I mean I had to put down all that money you, for a. You Dyson. had to pay a thousand dollars for a Dyson. <laughs> oh no, I found a refurbished one. Thank God. So it's actually a decent price. But they should send you one to review. Well, once I get it, I'm going to do a video on it, and then usually that's how it happens. Like you buy the well, first one, and then <laughs> apparently you can just buy a Tesla, and the air purifier will be good enough for smoke. So apparently, you just put, yes, yeah, you should just do that. That would be the true settling, right? Te- Tesla, send them a Model Three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully anybody who might be affected by any of these fires and whatnot, like please stay safe. Um, if that, as they say, um, if you walk outside and even through your mask, you can smell smoke don't stay outside so and i have i have i have a very high quality mask for stuff like this no matter how much people might make fun of the way it looks it was made for these situations Mm -hmm. so i I would be using that um all right cool well uh we do have a couple of things to run through from this past week uh audio issues be damned we are still going to take a quick break Now, I get the irony of having the editor-in-chief of Fandroid come on to talk about the Apple event. (laughs) Hey, I watched it, and let's do this. Okay. I'm not an Apple fanboy, but I can still appreciate good products, right? Same, same. I used to work at Android Authority, and every every time I put out even the slightest thing about an iPhone, people thought that I was a traitor. And I was like, guys, like... I'm allowed to carry more than one phone at any time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so here's the thing. First of all, got to give the ups to Apple. Um, 
granted they have the backing of their partners like Pixar, for example, uh, to make what is a very good looking presentation. As far as the quarantine level, um, COVID affected trade shows and events and tech shows are concerned, I, you know, you could you could expect Apple to put put on a good show. It was pretty good. Um, granted, like with any Apple event, I, I kind of not really doze off, but obviously like eventually they get into the weeds with their products and you're just kind of like, okay, cool. Like you're, you're updating all the iPads <laughs> and you're updating um, all of the Apple watches and whatnot. But the whole fact that an iPhone 12 was not part of this, were you surprised? I know people were, people were speculating. I was not. I was not surprised based off of they said in their last earnings call that the iPhone would not be coming until October. So, oh, okay. I mean, they, they clearly said it wasn't coming, uh, and a lot of people seem to have missed that or forgot that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they even that. they even sent out a reminder once, once the event was announced that, no, we said the iPhone's not coming till October. Um, and so a lot of people kind of missed that. And so that was the speculation of what are they going to announce for a lot of people because some people knew that they weren't announcing the new iPhone. So when they sent out the the invitation with that weird, it was the Apple logo, but yeah, like circling in time, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, we were speculating that a new Apple Watch was going to be coming and likely some iPad information. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's basically what we got the new iPads and the new Apple watch is because now mm -hmm. we have, what is it? The series six is the new one. And then the Apple watch SE. So just like the iPhone SE, we have an Apple watch SE, which is a, I don't want to say dumbed down version of the watch because it's oh, still, it, yeah. it's still an incredible piece of gadgetry, uh, but it doesn't have some of the sensors that the main watch has, um, making it less useful for somebody who is wanting an Apple watch for all of the health and fitness benefits that you can track with the device. But it's probably something more geared towards a cheaper watch for you know, your kids or family members who may not be into fitness tracking. You know, I, I would even argue, like, I, I agree with you there, but I would even add on top of that, when you put the letters SE on anything Apple, I get interested. Like, I'll just speak from personal experience, because, like, if I were to choose, if I had no other, like, knowing that I have other things, like my own cameras and my own gaming consoles and stuff like that, if my smartphone was not the center of my universe, then something like a Pixel 4a, which literally I use mm -hmm. now, and, and or an iPhone SE, those are the perfect choices for me. Like, I'm actually into dumbing, not dumbing down, you said dumbing down, but like slimming my smartphone experience for a better price and if they're doing it with smartwatches and you're in the apple ecosystem i'm actually kind of impressed yeah it is a very very impressive device and it comes with an lte version as well which pairs with their new family what do they call it the family sync plan Something so now like that, yeah. now you do not need to have it's not a one-to-one -one match between a uh, a watch and a smartphone you can connect multiple watches to a single smartphone so that you can get an apple watch for your children yep 
and also your aging parents so that you can have location tracking and communications with them and fall detection and mm-hmm. accident detection, all of those features built in and pair that with a single device rather than having to have multiple iPhones in order to pair that with, which makes the Apple Watch probably the first gadget that most parents are going to buy for their children that are not smartphone age ready yet. Yeah, indeed. And Because there's this huge market uh, of children-friendly watches that are connected, that they can make phone calls, that they can message their parents or a select small group of people and individuals. And most of those costs... 199 to 300 dollars and all of them have to be paired with a uh, 10 dollar a month service plan through your carrier mm-hmm. and uh, just to be clear the pairing of these devices must be paired with the lte or this the connected version not just the wi-fi version yeah indeed so, so you do have to pay um, that little bit extra and you do have that monthly subscription that you're going to have to pony up for yeah, and I think it's that's always been when it comes to wearables, I could never connect it. Like I, granted, I always have my smartphone on me, but those are the two scenarios: is you have mm-hmm. your smartphone on you and it connects via Bluetooth, Wi-Fi to the to the watch, you get your notifications, all that stuff, and then the actual connected stuff. I get that. Like, so it makes sense to me that a cheaper watch would have these use cases. But at the same time, having a cheaper smartwatch within a closed, walled garden ecosystem makes perfect sense to me as well. So that's the reason why I would actually tell people if you're on an Android device, or even if you just don't really buy into the entire Apple walled garden thing, if you're not too entrenched in Apple's ecosystem, get something like a uh, like a like a Mi Band or something like that. It gets mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff done. And especially if you're not even in the ecosystem that hard, that tells me you don't have the same priorities. So yeah. you're not trying to make calls on the watch. You're not trying to use all the different apps. Maybe the only things you need are like a little bit of sleep tracking, some step counting, and maybe um, probably the upper echelon of that would be just notifications. If you just want notifications on your wrist, something at like $30 in a Mi Band makes perfect sense. Even so, like I've I've owned smartwatches since I don't know they first came out, and I have. I'm gonna grab it real quick. Mm-hmm. I have a nice collection of smartwatches. Oh, just you you make up. that look way better than my little collection. <laughs> I have a nice collection of smartwatches here that never get used. And the reason for this is. I put one on whenever I go outside to go running and I want music controls and I want GPS tracking and fitness tracking and things like that. But the notifications on my wrist drive me crazy simply because Android has gotten so bad with notifications. Every application, every game that you have keeps sending notifications through to your phone and then onto your watch. And it's it's ridiculous how much time you have to invest in order to clean up your notifications, especially for people like us who go from device to device when we're reviewing them. Every oh, yeah. time you set up a new device, you have to go in and manually change all the no- notification setting. If I was on a phone for a year at a time and I was only using one smartwatch and I only had to set it up once, that would be different. Um, but the notifications that you get on these devices are so useless now because there are so many that come in. I mean, scrolling through a screen of 45 notifications that come in per hour is ridiculous. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, for me, smartwatches, the main functionality has come down to, I need GPS tracking, I need uh, music controls, and I need fitness tracking. And that's basically it. And with a, honestly, a $75 fitness tracker, you get all of that. But going back to the Apple Watch and the Apple Watch SE, with Apple's ecosystem, the functionality of the smartwatch, I think, is dramatically better than what it is on the Android ecosystem. And they've managed to deliver a product that is actually useful for most people. And with this new functionality of being able to give one of these watches to a family member and add tracking to a family member and notifications and messaging to family members who you may not want to necessarily have a smartphone yet, I think is genius. And I, I think Google has a lot to do in order to catch up with Apple. And honestly, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, uh, people might notice I, I did not even recommend an Android Wear or Wear OS watch. It was a Mi Band. And if I were to pick, if you want an actual watch, there are actually hybrid solutions that do really well too. They mm -hmm. do piggyback off of Wear OS, but it's not quite Wear OS. Though this one? watch here, this is the Sunto 7 that was announced at CES this year. It's main, so for those who don't know, Sunto makes, uh, they've been Fitness. in the watch business. They, well, they've been making diving watches for oh, like that's 30 years. Yeah, so they're, all of their watches are um, extremely loved among the outdoor community, um, even... Be way before fitness fitness watches and smart watches and stuff like that. But this one here, just the build quality of it, and uh, they actually have a unique feature where they have offline maps and offline map tracking and stuff like that with their own unique maps, not using Google Maps. It's perfect if you're the outdoorsy type person. But again, I only put it on when I go running outside. It's not something that I wear 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> really succinct answer to this question. I've been trying to, I've, I've been struggling with the answer to this question. Do I go to Best Buy right now and get an Apple Watch SE? <laughs> should I do, should I try to do content on this thing? Because the, the price point is compelling to me. And it's, it's a very easy barrier of entry to try out an Apple Watch, which I've never tried. Ever. I would say yes. I would think it's probably going to be the best, well, the best smelling selling uh i will Apple do the smell smartwatch <laughs> for the holiday season yeah and honestly like the, the price the price point is what's going to make it extremely appealing to just be talked a about buying a camera though stocking stuff oh <laughs> uh, and i just i just pre-ordered a ps5 i mean like it's return so that weird PS5. just no return it. no just return it no that's not that non-starter you know me i'm a playstation guy um, I, I am too. All you need is Stadia, man. This no. is all you need. <laughs> this is all you need. Yeah, for a third of the price of a PS5, you can get a third of the experience. Um, the, not, uh, not even a third. You, you can use a third-party controller with it. Oh, that's so true. You, you, all you have to do is pay for the subscription or just buy the games and you're set. No hardware cost involved. I was just thinking of the controller. I mean, I will say the controller is pretty nice. But anyway, before we digress too hard... Um, I might, I mean, you know, because it's available, like the 44 and the 40 millimeter editions are available at Best Buy. I could literally pick it up right now and do like an unboxing for a setup. Um, and I've been thinking about it, but oh God, like 2020 is both the, like 
it's weirdly financially crushing in so many ways. Um, obvious, what obvious reasons being businesses, but at the same time, you would think that our wallets wouldn't be hit so hard this year. But it's just a lot of great stuff has been coming out in 2020. I think everyone was planning on 2020 being so, something huge, and of course, it didn't yeah. turn out that way. Um, all right, no, iPads. And oh, iPads, and honestly, so we we covered some of the Apple announcements on our on our site because yes, it is not Android related whatsoever but people looking at android aren't necessarily completely locked into the ecosystem Mm -hmm. so i had one of our editors write an article about the new ipad air and the title was android tablets are dumb you should buy the ipad air instead and for an android related publication to write that article says so much that product is so good and what the tablet experience is on iOS or iPad OS now because they've changed it versus Android is night and day. Just like you were saying, using the Galaxy Fold as a small tablet, but you know very well the tablet experience on Android is not good, which means mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of apps that conform to those sizes and give you an experience that actually take full advantage of that screen size blow that up even further to a 10-inch device and Android tablets are a world apart from where Apple is right now and that iPad Air is exquisite I think. I think I think you're right in certain ways but it's catching up not necessarily by Google's uh efforts it's mostly and I'm going to sound like a Samsung fanboy at this point but I got to say that Tab S7 Plus is a compelling choice for Android tablets and it's because Samsung developed Dex and put it on that tablet it makes it very good as a tablet um is it as good as the iPad Air probably not because iPad OS is just a whole different beast but um, here's here's my take on it though like once you yes you have the Dex desktop experience on the Tab S7 but once you get out of a small selection of apps that have been optimized for tablet experience on Android, I was trying to put together a top 50 tablet apps for Android article for our site just to give people a good roundup article. I could not find 50 apps on <laughs> Android that offer a compelling tablet experience. Honestly, Agreed. like if you go through, I, I downloaded hundreds of apps, hundreds of apps on my tablets. And every single time I was like, nope, this is bad. Nope, this is bad. Most of the time it was just a blown up version of a smartphone app. And Apple's really done a great job with its developers. And it's not about, for me, it's not about the experience of the hardware and what the hardware has to offer. It's about the experience that's on the software. Because once you turn on the screen, it's what's inside that screen that matters. Mm -hmm. And throw in a throw in a mid-range processor into a tablet and you have a decent device but as long as there's something for that tablet to actually run and for you to experience and i don't want to just use it as an e-reader or another large screen to watch netflix on exactly i i want something more immersive something that's more compelling that takes advantage of that footprint just like you know windows desktop applications take advantage of the full desktop experience you simply don't have that on Android. And that's why I think every Android user should buy an Apple tablet. Seriously, just go do um, it. I'm trying to remember who it was that 
this is sort of the mic drop moment for them when they were it might have been Jaime honestly but there's the mic drop moment of iPad is the tablet for anybody and I'm like yeah but you know on Android it's not that bad blah 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 and I was trying to like I was trying to say like I've had a good time that was my point I'm not saying it's great mm-hmm. or anything like that I said, I've been fine with my Android tablets when I use them I don't use tablets a lot I think it was Jaime he just said let me just say one word to you Lightroom and I was like oh, oh crap Damn it. <laughs> you, you have Adobe Rush. <laughs> you, you can use Adobe Rush. You can use Lightroom on the tablet. It's on so Android. true, though, because iPad OS, the way that Lightroom is shown on there, like, it's usable. But on an Android tablet, it's just this blown-up, crazy version of Lightroom uh, mobile. Except have, have they fixed the way that you actually import images into Lightroom on iOS? I don't know, but that's because that, that's so, an iOS problem, and I still hate the file system on iOS. It, I always will. It's, the file system's absolutely trashed. In order to get <laughs> files you. into Lightroom, it is a horrible mess, and I don't know what Apple was thinking. Like, you have to use the camera roll. Yes. The, the, the tablet's camera roll in order to import images into Lightroom. And, like, that's the worst thing ever. I have ranted but. about this on multiple occasions. And before, before Issa got deep into all the Android phones and all the Android mm-hmm. stuff that she has been using, she has, she's on a Mac and she's used iPhones, like, as a casual user up until her tech life, uh, her, her tech work. Um, yeah, I would rant about it and I would say this is this is trash. How how does how can Apple even think that this is blah 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 blah? And she would actually get mad at me for bashing so hard, but like she's like it's just hey, not you made for you. You gotta hate sometimes. You gotta yeah. hate sometimes. No, and like she, that being said, like Lightroom on the tablet on the Apple tablets is amazing. Mm-hmm. Minus the fact that importing photos mm-hmm. is a horrible experience but once Agreed. they're there it's it's perfect like so take your it, picture with your ipad <laughs> and then it'll be there <laughs> sync yeah you have to sync it to your adobe cloud account yeah and then, and that's, then bring that's it down the best there. way to do it that, that just is, means yeah. you got to pay extra for your adobe account storage because they charge quite a, a hefty price for that that's true um Okay, so one last thing about the Apple event before we get into our final portion of the show. Um, won't it be funny, though, a month from now when the iPhone 12 is announced? Everyone's just going to call it the smaller iPad Air. Because I got to tell you, like, so much about the iPad Air that they've introduced, that's got, this has got to be what's in the iPhone 12, right? Like an, in, uh, an in-power button fingerprint reader. Touch ID is back in a weird way. The 5 nanometer, wait, is it 5 nanometer? Yeah, the 5 nanometer process with the bionic a14 like a lot of this is probably what the iphone 12 is gonna bring i feel is that a bad thing no i mean not at all. Honest, i'm just I'm like just, I, yeah. I i think they're they might clean up the notch a little bit if they can change the aesthetic of the front of the phone just a little bit and clean up that notch i mean if they are bringing back touch id do they need the face unlock sensors do they I don't even think the, you need the sensors for face unlock. Just use the front camera. Like honestly, is it really no? That but that's that's why they're saying it's that secure. There are it's. I get that's that. why they implemented that. Like you can't spoof it. We all know that. Hey, this Xiaomi phone has face unlock with the front facing camera, but I can spoof it with a photo of my face. I mean, yeah, I get that. So stop, I, well, I, then stop being a criminal. I mean, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> coming for you i got a picture of you unlock, unlock your devices no but that's the thing like their their whole thing is security that's that's one of the main stances that apple gets up on their soapbox over and over and over again we keep that's your true. data secure and we have the most secure facial unlock system on any smartphone and they want to be able to say that so either they take it away completely and say we no longer have this security system or they're not going to make it less secure that's for mm -hmm. sure yeah they yeah um, for sure yeah you're right you're right and so but i honestly like you know right now with face masks and everything that we're going through do we need face unlock anymore i mean i have it on most of my devices but i honestly default to the fingerprint sensor 90 percent of the time i never set up face unlock on any of my devices not because i don't think it's as secure that's not my concern it's just it doesn't Can work it? a yeah. lot of the time and even with face id on the apple devices you get a lot of times where it just has a false reading and you got to put in your pin code in order to unlock the device I think in the era of face masks, Samsung needs to go back to iris. The retina display? The iris scanner? <laughs> the iris that never yeah. really worked either, though. But it was so much fun. Like, okay, so my favorite, yeah, it was so much Align fun Align your ways. phone perfectly and <laughs> stare my, into it. My favorite thing was, I remember when it first came out on, I think it was it was the Note, right? It was like the Note, the Note 7, 7 or 8? Yeah, um, I think it was the 7. Okay, uh, I remember ranting to a few of our friends, a few of our tech friends, like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, it, when it works, it works. But then most of the time, you bring your phone up to your face, and you're like... <laughs> you're like, <laughs> open <it> your eyes. <laughs> like, come on, you get it, get it. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Yes, the the iPad Air, which I think Air, Air is supposed to be like a toned-down version of it, but they've done this weird thing with SE and Air in this Apple event where you get mm -hmm. some of the good, you get some of the previous, and it's kind of odd to me. I mean, um, but if the iPad Air is a precursor of what's to come on the iPhone 12, then great. Like, I, I see some people with dummy units uh, who I, I still don't know how they get these, but I see some people... You can people order them from AliExpress. I'll get out of here, AliExpress. <laughs> no, you can't. You can literally order best. from AliExpress. Like, I'm only slightly warming up to to Rakuten. <laughs> ne next week, I'm, I'll, I'll be on the podcast, and I'll show you my dummy units for all the devices. <laughs> if those dummy units are to be believed, I do like the fact that the phone is, like, really flat all around. So that's an iPad Yeah, they're, they're kind of changing the aesthetic a little bit from... Yeah the roundedness that we've had to it's kind of like an iphone flat yeah it's like a little bit of like an iphone 4 More industrial look yeah yeah so i'm into that so if that is a if the ipad air is a precursor to the iphone 12 i'm into it um but yes we are going to move into a different device and thank god things are getting very interesting in phones in general z fold 2 z flip earlier this year mm -hmm. um a lot of stuff z flip z flip wasn't earlier this year it was last year um Phones are getting weird. No, again. the Z Flip was this year. Was it this year? Yeah, it was launched long. It feels so long. The S twenty. <laughs> it was. Oh, February. you know what? It was almost you know what? last year. Because I think earlier this year I was thinking of the Note unpacked. I need to go back more to the no, S no, unpacked. No. Yeah, the S unpacked. Yeah. Um, okay, so yes, Z Flip was this year as well. Phones are getting weird again, and I'm still opining for the um, for the Asus Zenfone 7, 7 Pro. I'm holding out hope that Asus will pick some sort of retailer here to sell it. Um, Don't they usually sell them online, though? 
I they usually looking. they usually show up on B and H and Amazon. Agreed, but they made it very clear with the Asus Zenfone Seven that they're not selling in the U.S. whatsoever. So, like, so I hope that they your pay- best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your best. Um, It'll get to you in twenty-eight days. Yeah, even Newegg. Newegg had the not the pro version, but they had the regular seven, and it says ships from Taiwan. I'm like, well, of course it does, <laughs> like, because um, they're not shipping them here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, with that flip up camera. I mean, I really loved it last year with the flip up camera. Um, allowing By the way, you it's, to use. It, oh, not that you have it. I know I still have mine, but it got the Android 11 beta, so I'm kind of thinking of going back to it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I mean, so the the flip up camera allowing you to use that. A good ultra wide camera for the front facing camera is the money shot. Which is I my mean, favorite part of the Z Fold 2, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, people keep talking, like, we've had some pop up cameras here and there. And pop up cameras are great because they allow you to have that larger display. But when you have a flip up camera that uses the same camera as the back of the phone, you get just a dramatically different experience because you don't get a degraded selfie camera experience. It's the same exact camera experience as what you get on the back of the phone, giving exactly. giving you extraordinarily better images with every shot. Yep. So the there's that, Zenfone 7, flipping it up and all that. And then we have now LG just... Oh my God! I'm so LG winging it, winging it. They they are literally winging it. Like I'm trying to find. I, I'm I'm already writing down all of the puns I'm gonna make in my eventual videos. But the I'm I I'll I'll, I'll let one go. Um, I'm gonna play that song. Uh, Wind beneath my wings. Absolutely gonna play that song on the phone. Anyway, I'm sure any, there's enough songs with wings in the titles that oh you'll, sure you'll you'll find plenty to choose from. Totally. Um, so a rotating display, one that is the full, like large screen, what you expect on a smartphone. And then it just rotates so that you can, you don't need, you don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to rotate it yourself. You could just hit that, hit that slide. You you just flick it with your thumb. Yep. Um, but I have to give LG a lot of credit with the wing because it's funny how they prioritized certain things as much as possible like okay yes a dual screen experience stop calling it a foldable first of all like there's nothing folding on no this there's phone. nothing foldable it's a swivel phone <laughs> it's a swivel because lg's done swivel phones before they had mm-hmm. candy bar swivel phones way way back in the day on verizon which i remember and i can't wait to talk about it in my videos back in the day i really wanted those phones and where were they available only korea yeah. most i thought they had some on verizon they had like one. Yeah. <laughs> the ones I wanted yeah. though were like you the had three inversions. The Korean ones were amazing because when you rotated it, then it revealed the um the keypad, you know, and that was the way that mm-hmm. you used it. You so, typed it that way, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of the same thing, and I can imagine people are wondering about the use cases and whatnot. Um like I like I put in my Z Fold two videos, there's a constant clip of me watching a YouTube video and messaging Isa on Telegram. That is a billion percent mm-hmm. what my use case would be. So if I'm watching something on the landscape screen, I'm typing on the portrait screen. And that already makes me excited for this kind of form factor. But I got to give LG credit for making sure that the display experience is as top-notch as possible. And I'm using that as a real pun because there's no notch. There's no punch hole. It's a pop-up camera. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know. LG's always had this feeling over the last few years of like, we are utility. Like, here is a case that gives you a second screen screen. yeah like 
It's utility. We're not really, we're not crazy, but here's what you can use with it. And we had to be the ones to create the hype around those products. Yeah. Now well, the product so speaks for itself. It does. And yet I'm, I'm still waiting to see how, again, back to the fold, how useful is it? Is it just innovation and it's going to be a more expensive device because it has this unique feature or is the feature actually useful and will improve productivity and the way that I use the device? Yeah. I, the, the thing that, and it, the thing that stuck out for me with the announcement was more of the gimbal camera feature that they're oh, yeah. using on the back of the phone. So for those who don't know, it comes with two wide angle cameras on the back of the phone, which allow you to essentially control where the camera is looking with controls on that second screen when you flip the screen over and give you immensely better image stabilization because they're using a wide angle lens that then kind of shrinks down and does optical and electronic image stabilization on that on that image in order to reduce vibrations while you're walking and give you pretty much what you would get if you stuck your phone into a gimbal and started recording that way for me that's more exciting mm -hmm. and that's something they, they could have done on any phone without this rotating screen thing so i'm excited to see how that technology progresses because that would that could trickle out to all manufacturers you know if they see totally. that it's something that's really useful but here's not, the here's the thing though like this whole gimbal not really gimbal but like i think the term i'm looking for here is widescreen video in portrait mode that's what they're doing because mm -hmm. you're not you're not shooting on that thing like this, or rather, wait, yeah, that's correct. You're not shooting no. on on it like this. You're shooting it like this, but it's still a widescreen video. The only phone I've ever seen do that is like a mid range Moto. That's the last time I saw it. Uh, they had they had literally something called a movie lens. That yeah that well it was one of their action camera. That was ones. the one. Yeah. Yeah. Then and, and the because this yeah, is more comfortable, an ultra wide. Right? That was. It's more well, and that's how people are holding their phones when they're recording, and you're seeing all of this vertical video for yeah, Instagram. This is this is, this is carpal tunnel waiting to happen right here. <laughs> well, so. I mean, yes and no, but yeah, I, no. To the to your point though, that that's completely it. Is you're you're holding your phone one way and recording the other way with that larger screen. It gives you more. I don't know, a more immersive recording experience. Like mm -hmm. you feel like you're using a tool for the job rather than, hey, I'm holding up my phone to record video. Exactly. Which, I don't know, for some people could be a benefit, for other people could be a turnoff. They're like, I don't want to record video that way. Uh, so I, I don't know, you're going to have people even, on both sides of the spectrum. Exactly. And I, I, I think that there's, well, LG has, again, LG has always been the utility company. So they have had, video slash movie settings and features that actually are forward thinking and this might be the next step to that so if you're holding it like this and it's more stabilized because you're actually holding a phone more comfortably they still provide you the widescreen aspect by flipping that screen or by sliding that screen and mm -hmm. i think that's pretty brilliant um you know from the creative standpoint um and honestly the stabilization or the stabilized lens that you're talking about yes maybe it will go to more manufacturers but unless they have that swivel screen it's going to be this small viewfinder here at the top of your 
portrait screen and that's less well, ideal you know i mean it's creating it is creating a solution for a problem no one has <laughs> i agree with that this is this is true i mean honestly like i would like to see i mean i i think it's been a while since anyone's talked about the what was it the snapchat spectacles their their cameras with the with the video camera or their glasses with the camera on the inside it was using a circular sensor and most of the sensors that we have are four by three that are in smartphones but because it was using a circular sensor and it produced a circular video you could rotate that video any direction that you wanted and then crop it mm-hmm. i would like to see more innovation around that like let's let's use different types of sensor shapes so that if i am recording this way the output can be a different way and I'm not sacrificing all oh, the video needs to be flipped. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why they're using two ultra wide sensors on the back. I don't know what the aspect ratio of those sensors actually are, but I would imagine that they're cl- probably closer to square rather than the standard, uh, you know, four by three. Yeah. It'll crop yeah. that square. Yeah. Um, agreed. And probably the, um, your whole thought about you're not excited for the swivel, you're more excited for the actual camera. This is the thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about, what I was talking about with the Z Fold 2. It's not about the form factor. It's about how it adds to the rest of the experience. But you also mm-hmm. have to put in the right tools to make sure that that form factor is taken advantage of. Yep. So in the case of the Z Fold 2, yeah, you get a big screen and you can blow stuff up and you can uh, have multiple apps running at the same time that's great but it's an experience that we all are familiar with in one way or another on the other hand you have uh not on the other hand what what is a bit of a detriment to the z fold 2 is that its cameras are standard fairly mundane only enhanced somewhat by the form factor which i illustrated in my camera test meanwhile on the wing they're actually trying with the other parts of the phone They're Mm -hmm. trying to enhance the camera. They're trying to provide new tools, better tools that is not just all about the swivel screen. So like that's what I'm talking about is the tools need the tools around the the highlight feature need to have some some enhancement as well. So I I see this as a good evolution over the um, case screens that they've had on their devices the last two years yeah you know those those do add functionality it's not extremely expensive it doesn't put it into you know that next tier of uh, you know fifteen hundred dollar or a two thousand dollar smartphone category uh which honestly i think is completely overdone i mean if, if lg can give you a flagship tier phone like the v60 and then give you an extra screen for a hundred to 150 bucks and give you the same, pretty much the same experience as what you would get on like the Microsoft Surface Duo, except for the software experience because they haven't nailed that one yet for <laughs> those dual screens. But as far as the hardware, the, the like you really don't get anything different than what you would get on the Surface Duo. And you don't need that exorbitant price. And seeing them switch this up with the wing 
And again, we don't have the final price yet, but rumors are it's going to be right around a thousand dollars. Well, with a seven sixty five G, kind of makes sense. Yeah, with this, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like it's still flagship tier pricing, mm-hmm. but it's not two thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars, and I think a lot of people would be willing to overlook the variance between the seven sixty five G and a eight sixty five when you consider there's a thousand dollar price point difference between the wing and the fold two. Totally. And I have to give, again, LG a little bit of credit. These are all like takeaways that I'm kind of thinking of on the fly. It's just LG has always been a bit of an innovator, but they never stray too far from the safety zone. Like when you look at the Z Fold 2 or the Surface Duo, any of these kind of weird phones, fun as they may be, to to go back to the experience that all of our third-party and honestly, all of our casual mindsets go back to, like the safety zone. Like, try putting the no, the Z Fold 2 in your Razer Kishi. <laughs> not going to happen. Like, it's, No, not going to happen. It's a weird form factor. Meanwhile, I don't think the wing is going to fit in here either. I th- no, it should. Like, like not, not, not swiveled out is what I'm saying. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be too thick. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think it's going to be too thick. Well, still, like you know what you know what I'm trying to say. It'll here, be close, that, but yeah, no, but yeah. like you, you could go back, and it's not dramatically different. The form factor is still pretty much the same, but it gives you a different experience without dramatically changing the regular form factor that we're used mm-hmm. to. Just like how with the V60 and the Velvet, you could take the phone out of the case and still use it in the safety zone, which is traditional smartphones. And yep. maybe for a lot of people. On the one hand, you might be asked to pay $2,000 to dive into a whole new form factor, or you can pay $1,000, but we're still going to give you something kind of cool. And it's like, I love that. And with the wing, you're getting multiple things that are cool. And they, like I said before, they are prioritizing some of the fundamentals and the priorities of the fundamentals, which Mm -hmm. is, oh yeah, we're going to give you a screen that you can look at widescreen, uh, widescreen in landscape mode pretty much at any time, even if you're holding it normally. Uh, so we don't want anything to get in the way of that. No punch hole, no notch. It's a pop-up camera. It's like, yeah, that's that's good thinking. Like, it's honestly just good thinking. Or, I mean, I don't know if we, you wanted to talk about this, but then you have Sony's new a- Xperia 5 II. Mark II. Mark II that just came out, which looks like the Mark I, which is a miniature version of the one mark two <laughs> and it it just looks the same and it's just a practical device but honestly i really want it like i i don't know why but well, it's sony has a, had good a thinking generic too. device well and so here this is where I, I think a lot of manufacturers have gone back to their core as to what are they good in Mm-hmm. Samsung has these incredible display technology and is trying to show off its display technology in a thousand different ways in order to push the technology forward. Great for them. LG has been LG's got great display technology as well, but they've been working with these two screen form factors and they're doing that in a different way. Sony is a leader within within on the business side from audio, video and also displays as well. And for a lot of years, Sony simply got lost trying to chase what everyone else was doing. And kind of last year, they reset everything, saying, we're going back to our roots. What are we good at? What We're going to not just have a smartphone division 
that's just trying to be like everybody else, but let's use our smartphone division to showcase the best of Sony overall. So with an incredible 120 hertz refresh rate display with a 21 by nine aspect ratio, uh, great cameras, probably mm-hmm. the best camera sensor I've used in a smartphone. It's 12 megapixel sensor uh, that's larger than any other smartphone camera sensor that's on the market. Um, and then they 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 announced a 4K 120 hertz um, uh, slow motion feature, which is dramatically faster than any other slow motion feature. Because usually you can't record slow motion on a smartphone uh, at even I don't 1080p usually is the maximum resolution, and having it at 4K. And didn't they say 10 bit color as well? I think so. Um, yeah, and just dope. like. Sony's just pulling in, you know, all of their camera expertise into this device. Yes, it's going to be $950 and it's not coming until December. So it's going to be a little bit more than what you want to pay and a little bit really, later than when you want to you buy it. But you I, and I, were, I honestly really want it. You and I were talking during that meeting and I was just like, how do you how do you announce a phone and then say three months from now? It's, it's <laughs> coming in three months. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'm I'm going to be waiting three months to buy this phone. Fair enough. Uh, I'm waiting, and we are eagerly awaiting our wings. I'll say that as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff still coming out. I mean, 2020 is still proving to be a really good year for tech. Uh, and yeah, it it kind of goes back to the whole idea that clearly these companies were expecting 2020 to be some sort of landmark year, and they they're still moving forward with those plans. Uh, whether or not the rest of us can even stay afloat with all of that is a whole different story. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, so many people have lost their jobs. They've switched yeah. jobs. They've moved. Um, it, it's 2020 has been a landmark year, not for the reasons that the smartphone manufacturers wanted it to be. Exactly. And so honestly, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out between now and the end of the year. We still have uh, Pixel devices to look forward to. There's going to be some other announcements coming up uh you know between now and december but 2021 is i don't know we've set ourselves up pretty good for 2021 if we can get this pandemic under control and the world can get back to a somewhat normal cadence i think things are going to be really exciting next year not to say that they haven't been this year because honestly it's every week it's like who knows what's going to happen now yeah totally in both good and bad ways uh, yeah. But yeah, with all that said, uh, look forward to any and all of our content across both Pocket, or not just both, across Pocket Now, Fandroid, and of course my channel as well. Uh, Nick, go ahead and let everybody know where to find you. If you want to follow me, I am on Twitter, Instagram, at Nick M. Gray, or else you can follow all of my smartphone coverage over on Fandroid.com or YouTube.com slash Fandroid, and I'll be putting up my review of the Poco x3 nfc coming up within the next couple days it's really a good device and uh, i'll be sad to be switching out of it so not something i typically say for a 200 euro smartphone yeah right that's a it's a compelling thing to say about it all right and with all that said we'll get into all of the other links for pocket now and myself in the outro starting now 
follow Negray and Fandroid on all of the links that are found in the show notes. You can also follow me, JV, across all social media at the handle JVTechT. Because I'm JV, I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. You can also follow me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, where I do content that can supplement all of the work that we do at Pocket Now. Pocket Now, of course, is found across social media at Pocket Now and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Pocket Now, where videos are coming out pretty much every single day. With all that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you in our next episode.